Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome everybody here. This is Coach Manaman from the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And no, I am not in quarantine. I am in my home studio, Manaman Studio, and for the first time in Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast history, I am joined by two guests and we have these two guests with us live. Before I introduce the mystery guest to you, I would like to remind you that the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Sports Weekend. You can find the Ultimate Sports Weekend at ultimatesportsweekend.com. You can also find them on Facebook at Ultimate Sports Weekend. Reminder that Ultimate Sports Weekend creates tournaments and events that are parallel to none. Their events always feature something unique that will create a memorable experience for our athletes. We strive to create a positive environment that is built on respect and competition. Visit their website at www.ultimatesportsweekend.com. Reach out to Cole Bogey, Hall of Famer of the show, Ultimate Sports Weekend on Facebook. Also, you can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Facebook by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Coach Manaman, C-O-A-C-H-M-A-N-E-M-A-N. And this podcast can be listened to all major outlets that produce podcasts. Leading into our Ultimate Sports Weekend ceremonial first pitch, I do have two special guests with us here today. Exciting day for the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I am joined by local celebrity, star of American Pickers, Chad Crable, former standout catcher for the Dubuque Hempstead Mustangs, one of two catchers I saw throw out, Super Bowl champion Riley McCarron. Chad Crable, would you like to say hi to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast audience? Hello, listeners. This is Chad and uh, Nick. I appreciate you having me on the podcast and really love what you're doing with it so far. Thank you. I appreciate it. So much fun to actually do this and have people sitting on each side of me and exciting to do this, not having to remote people here. Also, I am joined by Mustang Great. He's blushing right now. He won't admit it. I asked him earlier if he was going to be on the Hempstead All-Decade team. He said he did not think he was going to make it. Clark, university coach, former coach, works at Dusty Rogers Baseball Academy, former Mustang great, known as Red, also known as Andrew Redman. Andrew Redman, can you say hi to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast audience? 
Hey, listeners, just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Nick, for what you're doing here. Um, it's great that the community has a, an outlet to, to go and listen and, and hear what's going on with Dubuque baseball. You know, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of great uh, connecting with the community. I actually got recognized in public for the first time a couple days ago. I was at Dick's Sporting Goods looking at fungo bats. <laughs> And um, some guy approached me and he said, hey, are you Coach Manaman? And I said, uh, yeah. He goes, oh, I listen to your podcast. Really enjoy it. So, Mike, um, thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks for the love. But want to talk about a couple things in the Ultimate Sports Weekend ceremonial first pitch that I, I messed up last time. I am human. I do make mistakes. J.J. Reimer who made Waller Catholic High School's all-decade team, actually did not play at the University of Northern Iowa. He actually went on to play two years at Ellsworth Community College, and then he went on to play Division One at Western Illinois. So sorry about the mix-up, JJ. He is the Pete Rose of Waller Catholic High School baseball. He is their program's all-time leader and hits. I'm not sure if he was gambling on any games while he was there, but he is the Pete Rose of, of Waller Catholic Baseball High School. And JJ currently serves as the hit doctor. He's the hitting coach uh, for his sister at the University of Northern Iowa uh, for softball. And I'm going to open it up to my guest here. I asked you to send us some voice messages. I asked you to reach out to the show. If you find us on Anchor, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, you can actually leave voicemails for the show. I would like to put some of those voicemails on there. But here's my question that I posed to you guys was, who were some Wallert snubs that were left off? Unfortunately, I only got one voice message, and it was from... Uh, local celebrity star of American Pickers. He got a starring credit on that episode. But Chad Crable was the one who called in and left a voice message. I'm not going to add it into the show because he's right next to me here. But Chad, who did you feel was a Waller Catholic High School snub that should have made their all-decade team? So my my one snub that I thought of uh, pretty quickly... Um, and I played a lot of baseball against him and played baseball with him, would be Tanner Denliner. Uh, Tanner would have played in 2010, 2011 uh, for Wallert. He's the same age as me. And just, and just thinking about great baseball players at Wallert, he had came to mind. Um, I, and then I looked up his stats. Junior year, he had a 460 on base percentage. Senior year, 416, a bunch of stolen bases, a bunch of walks. Um, Good hitter, you always get on base, uh, blazing fast speed, um, kind of like you, Coach Manaman. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think one thing that there, there's no stat for it, but his outfield defense was uh, outstanding. Just the amount of balls that he would get to where uh, most players wouldn't. Uh, always had really good jumps uh, on baseball. So that's a, that's a one snub, Tanley Denliner. You know, he was, he was on the radar, and ta- Tanner – is one of those kids you very rarely coach a five-tool player in high school. And Tanner, along with Riley McCarron, was was a five-tool player. Did you happen to see how many home runs he hit at all when he was at Waller? Did you pull that stat at all or not? I did. Junior year, he had two, and senior year, he had three. So maybe four of the five tools, but uh, Tanner, fantastic outfielder. He could track down the ball in the outfield very well. Uh, good, solid left-handed stick, hit to all hit to all gaps, uh, blazing speed, had had an above-average arm out there as well. Red, 
Anybody that you felt uh, got snubbed for the Wallert Catholic Probably anybody that faced you won't be on the list because I saw your ERA when you were pitching at Hempstead and I saw your opponent's batting average and nobody was getting hits off of you. But anybody that you think uh, got snubbed, there's one other name that a lot of people reached out to me that, that said should have been on the list. But anybody that you're thinking of here, Red? I didn't look into it as much as Chad may have, but uh, you're going to have to surprise me with who you have for that last uh, last snub pick here. It's actually uh, Jake Oglesby, who uh, Jake is playing yeah. for Loris, right? I'm sorry, not playing for Loris, coaching at Loris right now. We wish him the best of luck. Loris recently got their first win. I just saw today on Twitter, March 12th, that they're on a two-game winning streak. Hopefully, they're able to play out their season. But Jake Oglesby was a name that Gary Yeager, Hall of Famer of the show. Um, I'm sorry, not Gary Yeager. Gary Rudin. Hall of Famer of the show uh, reached out to me and said he should have been on the list. I'm sorry, Gary Yeager is uh, one of my best friend's dad who actually got me my mortgage many, many years ago. But Gary Rudin, Hall of Famer of the show, thought uh, Jake Oglesby should have been on the list. So Jake, uh, if you're out there, good luck this year at Loris. Last thing we're going to wrap up in the Ultimate Sports Weekend Ceremonial First Pitch. I just want to give a shout out to a couple of guys here before we get into that Hempstead All-Decade Team 2010 to 2019. Uh, Jacob Kerman. Jacob Kerman recently became Clark University's all-time leader in strikeouts. And I hope that number continues to grow. I hope they allow uh, them to keep playing baseball. But um, he is currently the program's all-time leader in strikeouts, which uh, is a huge accomplishment for, for Jacob Kerman. Coach Redman, Red, you uh, worked with Jacob at, at Clark. Anything you'd like to say about him before we move on? Well... Kerm's, uh, he's a competitor, man. He, uh, he wants to win, and, and he works, works as hard as anybody. I mean, in, in the players that I've coached, he's, if, if he's not number one, I don't know who would be in terms of guys that worked hard and wanted to win and, and be a part of a, a successful team. So um, awfully proud of him, and he knows that. You know, we still get together every once in a while and, and catch up. But, uh, but he knows I'm proud of him. He does a good job, and he's a team guy, which is important. Good guy, good kid. I've actually known yeah. him and his dad since uh, Jacob's been four years old. I taught him swim lessons when he was four years old at, uh, at Flora Pool back in the day. But um, good thing we got uh, Chad Crable here because we might need to put a welfare check out on Jay Kerman. I have not heard from Jay Kerman <laughs> since uh, we produced this first episode. So I'd like a welfare check to see if Jay Kerman's doing okay. Jay Kerman, Hall of Famer of the show. Uh, Last person I want to recognize, I also want to recognize Ben Bryant in the Ultimate Sports Weekend Ceremonial First Pitch. Congratulations, Ben Bryant, on committing to Wartburg. He's going to be a two-sport star there. He's going to play baseball at Wartburg. He's also going to play football at Wartburg. He currently stars at Western Dubuque, second base. I see Wartburg uh, moving him out to the outfield. He's got such great speed and he's got a pretty fantastic arm. I see him being moved into the outfield, but outstanding football player coming off uh, state championship year, strong running back, runs with finesse, runs with power. Uh, he can do it all out of the backfield. I see him having a very successful 
career at Wartburg. So Ben Bryant, keep up the good work. Your dad always retweeting our show. Casey Bryant, definitely a Hall of Famer of the show. Last thing I want to mention in the Ultimate Sports Weekend Ceremonial First Pitch, who, I don't know if you guys can tell, is a sponsor of the show. That's why I, I've been plugging them like crazy. Visit Cole, visit his tournaments. But I also do want to wish every single player in the Dubuque area that started spring ball for perfect game, the the best of luck. I know that perfect game has really taken off since I played it its very first year when it opened up probably 24 maybe 25 years ago it's it's really uh it's really come along really well and um guys playing spring baseball best of luck i know uh solon munson had a good opening weekend he hit a grand slam i know ben hayful for senior he um opened up three for six with two doubles and a triple and lastly i want to talk about two guys that just went all out at the last um, showcase they had, I saw that University of Illinois commit Tommy Speck broke the all-state showcase uh, outfield velocity record. He uh, radar gun outfield velocity came in at 95 miles per hour, shattering the previous record. I'm going to reach out to Coach Tischer at Waller, and I'd like to say thank you to uh, all of the Wallert players. I, I heard uh, Coach Tischer was telling me that you guys were talking about the podcast at your last workout and we're having some fun with some Jimmy McDermott stories that I told. So um, all the guys that he threw out at home plate while he was in the outfield. So Wallert Catholic High School, I appreciate you guys listening to the Dubuque Area Podcast. Also, huge shout out to Tommy Speck. 95 miles an hour outfield velocity shattered the uh, record at the All-State Showcase. I'm going to reach out to Coach Tischer, and I'm going to find out. I'm going to get his practice plan, see when he's doing his first I.O., and I'm going to sit in the bleachers, and I just want to watch Tommy Speck throw from the outfield. That would be pretty unbelievable. Also, during that same showcase, Aaron Savory came in 87 miles an hour off the mound, which is crazy for him at the age he's at. Also, was showing a heavy sinker, and um, was throwing a pretty outstanding changeup on there as well. So that's what's going on on the ceremonial first pitch for the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Which brings us to our Hempstead All-Decade Team. 2010 to 2019. Now, this... All-Decade team is a little bit different than the Wallert one we did. The Wallert one we did, that came from me. That came from research that I did. This All-Decade team actually came from Coach Jeff Rapp. He uh, sent me the feeler that I gave him of a player at each position. And um, I added some players. Honorable mention, there were some guys that I threw on there that I thought needed to be mentioned when you talk about Hempstead the past decade. But um, Coach Rapp also uh, wanted to let, actually he told me, I don't know if he wanted to let you know, but um, he was not just basing it on stats. He was not just basing it on postseason awards. He was also basing it on how good of a teammate they were and how good of a leader they were. So you might see some guys on this list that maybe did not have the best stats or maybe there was a catcher that had a better stats than the catcher that's going to make the team. 
but um, they were great leaders or they were great defensive players and the things they did maybe did not show up on the stat sheet. But we do have two Hempstead standouts here and me. I wouldn't consider myself a standout, but a former Uh Hempstead player. Former Hempstead coach, class of 2000 here, state tournament participant for Hempstead in 1999, as a coach in 2014. But, Red, who do you think, if you're thinking of names, Hempstead the past 10 years, who do you think is on the list, and do you think you made the list? Nick, I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna do it, but of course um, you did. I sent you the outline. Yeah, God. Um, you know, Red, Red, you're gonna be on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm sure I'll be on the list, but uh, but there's a lot of good players in this last decade, and I guess I. I wish I would have kept up with it year to year better than I have. But um, you know, the 2014 team that you mentioned, there's gonna be a few players on that. Um, you know, I know. The 2011 team, I graduated 2010. The 2011 team still had some really good players, so there's yeah. definitely going to be some on that. And then I'm just trying to think of some names. You know, 2014, there were some pitchers on there that were that were solid, um, some position guys on there. I'm thinking, God, I know like uh, Milius and Boston had some good years on the mound. Um, goodness. Uh, 2010, Al Timmerman definitely will be on that list. I know yeah. he had, he had He's kind of like the coronavirus. If you're pitching, you want to keep your baseball yeah. six feet away from his bat. You <laughs> yeah, know, he's he, that good. You know? Yeah, he was, he, was, he was unbelievable. I mean, that was a ridiculous year. Um, I think he only hit like 500 senior year or something. Yeah, yeah. I think he, Pennsylvania got to know him pretty well. You know? there, there are yeah. A couple of vehicles that might still be stamped from him, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm anxious to see. I I didn't uh, I didn't want you to give me the yep, give you the give give me the list because I wanted to hear it and guess I, on it a little bit. I did not share share the list with these guys. I, I asked them if they wanted to see it beforehand, but they uh, they declined. Uh, Star of American Pickers. I don't watch the show except for the one that Chad was in. But uh, you have your star. You have your co-star. Chad was the third star of the show. He definitely stole the show. So uh, Chad Crable. Star of American Pickers. Who do you think is on the list? And do you think you made the list? I got the list right here, guys. I do. Um, as far as me making the list, I, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, I think I had a good career at Hempstead. I wouldn't consider that I was a standout or put up huge numbers. As far as other catchers that come to mind right away would be Brady Breitbach. Um, he's, uh, he's one for sure. Um, Who's the uh, catcher that went to Platteville? Cody Roush. Cody uh, Roush, he, okay. he had a good career at Hempstead. Um, for other players that come to mind, come to mind would be a Red, absolutely. Um, Al Timmerman. Um, you know, Brad Dewey. Uh, mm. he, had, he had a good career okay. at Hempstead. Um, Voss and Milius, like we talked about before. Um, my, I know my cousin... Connor Crable, mm-hmm. he had yeah. uh, his, Sorry, a really Connor. good senior year. His dad, Dave, yeah. is a, is a hall, hall of Famer of the show. He always retweets us. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate that. Yeah. We, we like Connor a lot more than Dave. But uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, those are some of the guys that come to mind. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, I I did forget to mention Connor had one heck of a senior year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that was on the, that was a great year. Well, should we get to the list here? Let's do it. Let's All do right, it. Uh, our catcher. I if I would have known that Chad was gonna be sitting here, I probably would have had Chad be the catcher 
on the All Decade team. But Chad, we got some tissues nearby. I'm sorry, you were not selected as the Hempstead All Decade catcher here. That's okay. It was, you were right, it was Brady Breitbach. He had a good career. Brady Breitbach, definitely. Um, and Coach Core has told me this on many times. He's told uh, Coach Rapp on many times that he believes that Brady Breitbach is the best defensive catcher he has ever seen come through Hempstead High School. So I I know Brady will admit this. He probably won't like this. I had Brady for many, many years. I had him, I think I coached him all the way at Hempstead, eighth grade, all the way through his senior year. I actually, whenever I was the head coach when Brady was on my team, I always DH'd for him. Um, and made him catch 14 innings, but um, we just we just were that loaded offensively. I mean, there was always two guys that could swing it. There were always two guys on the bench that that could swing it. That I needed to find a way to get their bat in the lineup. But Brady, uh, he shut guys down. You got on first base. If you attempt to steal second, you're out. You were getting on first base. You were not advancing. Um, on Brady, uh, great, great blocker behind the plate. He also called pretty much all of the games. I actually saw him when I was the sophomore head coach at Hempstead call a perfect game that Jeremy Vossen threw against senior right before the varsity game. And Jeremy struck out 17 of 21 batters. And it was interesting to see in the front page of the sports the next day that the sophomore team, my team, got got the pitcher and got the highlight, not not the varsity game. And it was about uh, Jeremy's perfect game. But uh, Brady definitely is uh, the all-decade team catcher. Anybody have anything to add about Brady? I, uh, University of Iowa grad doing great things. He'll make a lot more money than me. Really <laughs> smart kid. Great kid. Always enjoy connecting to him when I go to Iowa games. Yeah, phenomenal guy. I know him just uh... – just seen him out and about, but I think he's in Michigan now living out there. But phenomenal guy. Love to watch him play. He is. He actually li- lives in East Lansing, which is home of the 2020 NCAA basketball champions, the Michigan State Spartans. So excited we get to claim that this year. Uh, last year I was pretty disappointed leaving the Final Four when they when they got knocked out. Anything to add, Crabes, about uh, – Brady at all before we move on to first base? No, I, th- I think it was a good choice. I mean, he uh, he definitely was – defense was his game. Um, I remember watching him some. Um, great arm behind the plate. And uh, just a good dude. You could tell he was a good teammate. Uh, everyone liked him. Never heard anything bad about the guy. So it was a good, good pick. All right. So Coach Rapp uh, gave Brady Breitbach the um, all-decade team catcher. I'm going to read off the stats for first base. Three-year starter – as a junior, he hit 411 with 27 RBIs and 14 stolen bases. His senior year, he hit 404, 20 RBIs, and 15 stolen bases. So we got some speed coming from that first base position. Any ideas on who that Hempstead first baseman all decade team is? As soon as you said the stats, I'm thinking David Fitzgerald. You are 100% yeah. correct. It is, One uh, of the Fitzy boys. It is David Fitzgerald. I feel like we should be playing Jeopardy here. You guys should have buzzers, <laughs> and I should be saying that stuff. So, so far, we got – actually, I think, Chad, you're two for two. for two, And are you – okay. So Chad is – Chad's leading here. And it was uh, David Fitzgerald, and, and David did uh, – did uh, play in the outfield as a sophomore, and then his junior and senior year moved to first base. But holy cow, talk about range at first base. He he could cover a lot of ground. 
great scooping the ball. Um, he was, I believe, if I remember correctly, that year we had that run was our number two hitter. And, and he could really swing the bat from the left side. Long, long stride, uh, could cover so much ground. And he was, he was a kid that he just was always having fun. He always had a huge smile on his face. He just loved the game of baseball and also uh, pretty successful on, on the mound as well. He went on to have a great collegiate career at Wartburg and uh, continue to success there at Wartburg. So David, I know you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Check in with us. Let us know what you're up to. Let's connect. Maybe you can sit in on, on a future episode or something. Any any uh, good stories about David Fitzgerald before we move on to second base? No, I, I never played with David much, but I played with his uh, one of his younger brothers, Sean, and uh, mm-hmm. baseball runs in the family. Yep. Uh, gr- great family, awesome parents, and uh, all three of the guys are, are just outstanding baseball, softball players. Yeah, you're right. Great, great family. Good baseball family. I, I can remember going down to the sports complex and always seeing his, his brothers and his family down there just, just enjoying the game of baseball, which moves us to second base, and this was kind of a surprise to me. Are we ready? We're ready. Okay. 333 hitter, 33 hits, 11 doubles, 407 on base percentage out of the second base spot. I, I want to say Alex Timmerman, but I think no, he had a way higher the, average. Yeah. So, average uh, way higher. Um, I'm, I'm stumped. You going to give us the year? Uh, I don't. Uh, you're gonna make me look bad. I don't have the year right uh, here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he claims he does research. Yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, I, so I, I should tell you, we wanted to keep this as much as a major league roster as possible. One catcher, one first baseman, one second baseman, one shortstop, one third baseman, three outfielders, a DH, and three pitchers. So Al Timmerman, it is not him. Maybe he didn't make the list. Maybe he's the DH position. I don't know. But second baseman was actually a surprise. I had to do some digging around. It was actually a guy who has had four other brothers come through Hempstead. His brother Robbie is the all-time leading scorer at Platteville for basketball. But basketball family, Lucas Duax, out of the second base position. And that was uh, coming from Coach Rapp there. He made the all-decade team. And I believe Lucas is playing basketball at uh, Upper Iowa University. So that Duax family, congratulations to his little brother, just committed to the University of Northern Iowa for basketball. But congratulations, Lucas Duax. Coach Jeff Rapp spoke very highly of you. And to put you on that list is a huge honor for the Dubuque area baseball podcast all-decade team. Third base. The only stat line I pulled from him was he hit 363. That was his batting average. This was a Tom Witchery, Coach Witchery favorite. Toby Decker? Yeah, Toby Decker. You are Decker. 100% <laughs> yes. Toby Decker. That guy Decker. played some defense. Oh, man. I, oh. I know that Coach Witchery even named a bar after Toby Decker... <laughs> And he called it Toby's Bar. It's funny, on social media, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can always find us on Twitter, Coach Manaman. But 
I asked, I told people we had two special guests sitting with us and everybody reached out and said it was probably going to be Coach Court, it was going to be Coach Witchery. And my follow-up response is, do you think either one of those guys could work a smartphone? <laughs> I mean, really, could Coach Witchery and also Coach Carol Witchery, Carol, yeah, she would. Coach Witchery, we run a PG show here. I don't know if Coach Witchery could come in here and tell stories and keep it a PG show, but um, it was Toby Decker. And I don't know much about Toby except for what Coach Rapp and what Coach Coach Witchery told me about. Hopefully you guys are are able to fill in. But I had heard that he was one of the best defensive shortstop. I'm sorry, my fault. Best defensive third baseman that either Coach Witchery or Coach Rapp had seen at Hempstead. And you think of all the third basemen that have come here, come through there in a 40-year history. That's a pretty huge accomplishment. I know you guys played with Toby Decker. You guys probably know quite a few more stories than I do. But anything to add about Toby? You know, Toby played his butt off. Uh, you know, he. whenever you have a great season or a great team, you always have those guys that that are so committed to the team that their play is elevated. And he was one of those guys where I feel like he was so committed to what our team wanted to accomplish. I mean, he'll be the first one to tell you he wasn't the most talented. He wasn't uh, the best baseball player. But he came in, he worked his butt off. He was a phenomenal teammate, one of the best. I mean, he was awesome to play with. Um, but but when he was, because he was so committed to the team, I mean, his play was elevated. He had, I think, honestly, he was one of the biggest pieces to our season. Mm. I mean a guy that you could trust at the hot corner to just make plays. Um, and you guys went on to the state tournament, I believe state, was it state sem- championship or state semifinals? Semifinals. State semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, he was a guy that we knew we could trust day in and day out. He'll be there. He'll work hard. Um, he'll play a heck of a third base. He, he hit, I mean, it was a phenomenal year at the plate for him too. I mean, he's still got that. I talk about when we, I talk about that team. So I'm, I'm glad coach Rapp and, and Witt were so, uh, so happy, I guess, yeah. uh, excited to put him on this team because yeah. yeah, he's he good. If Coach Witchery names a bar after you called Toby's Bar, you know you're you know you're going to make the Dubuque Area <laughs> Baseball Podcast uh, All Decade Team. Yeah. Did you play with Toby Decker at all, or can we move on to the shortstop position? I did play with Toby. Toby <clears throat> would have been a senior when I was a junior, and uh, kind of what like going off Red said is is you know from what I remember, he didn't really play much his junior year. Uh, but he just kind of came out of nowhere uh, his senior year and huge piece of the team, um, just unbelievable defense. Probably one of the best, if not the best, uh, defensive third baseman I've ever played with or seen. Um, some, some of the diving plays that, that he would make. Um, and then along with uh, batting, uh, great batting average. From what I remember, a lot of walks and a lot of hit-by-pitches where he just found a way to get on and Guys like uh, Timmerman and Redmond could uh, uh, then drive him in. So, um, yeah, always always good to hear Toby's name. He's he's a great guy. Yeah, and it's it's always good too. You know, you hear I, I like that story. You hear he didn't play as a junior and he came out of nowhere his senior year. You see so many kids when they they don't play as a sophomore or they don't play as a junior. The first thing they want to do is just up and transfer or they just want to up and quit or they want to blame the coach for them not playing. And and that, that just shows that character and hard work and effort and perseverance, if you put in the time, if you put in the work, uh, you will get that opportunity when it comes. So Toby Decker, third baseman here, which moves on to shortstop. This shortstop was the 2010... TH Player of the Year. 
he hit 406 with 19 doubles, four home runs. This is his senior year. Junior year is what is not eligible. He was the MVC Player of the Year, All-State Super Team, First Team All-State. Any guesses on who the shortstop is? Can I guess, Coach? You can guess. I'm going to guess Andrew Redman. It is Andrew Redman who's sitting over here to my right. Coach Red, holy cow, what a, what a senior season you had. I didn't include your junior stats, but that 2010 team, pretty special team. Um, what's, what, yeah, I, I do have to call you out on something because I pulled up TH articles from you from Jim Leitner. By the way, Jim Leitner, I just want to let you know, I appreciate the fact that you retweeted the first episode, but you haven't retweeted a single episode since, Jim, all right? Help out the Dubuque Area Sports Baseball Podcast here. I'm going to tweet you tonight, retweet us here. But you said that making TH Player of the Year was one of your greatest accomplishments. So how does it fare making the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast All-Decade Team fare to making the TH Player of the Year? How do they compare? Yeah, well, I mean, this is as good as it gets. Uh, no, it's it, it's an honor, obviously. There's a lot of good players, uh, a lot of good shortstops. But uh, I don't know. I just look back to that team, and there's just so many people you're surrounded with that are good people. And, you know, it... Yeah, it's an honor, obviously, but, uh, you know, if you don't have the team and, and you don't have the guys that you enjoy playing with every day and, and the camaraderie, and then obviously we had we had some really good success, but, uh, you know, I'm a big believer, you know, if we weren't a good team, my stats wouldn't have been as good, temperaments wouldn't have been as good, you know, everybody just wouldn't have been as good as they could have been, so my teammates elevated my game and I elevated theirs and it was uh that's what made the season so special I think you know? yeah you, you think of your team and you think of the 2014 team and what year was that 2010 yeah 2010. Th- those were those were the two I would say last great years that Hempstead's had and when you look at those teams they were teams mm-hmm. there there were no individuals and you could tell there was just a different vibe on on the ball field there there was camaraderie between the guys and there was no I'm sitting the bench so I'm going to pout it was I have a role and I'm going to do well in that role and and it didn't matter if you were the courtesy runner it didn't matter if you were the first guy out of the bullpen didn't matter if you were the starting shortstop it didn't matter if you were the team water boy everybody took pride in their role and there was no animosity toward anybody and that's what it takes to make a successful team. You see it out at Western Dubuque right now. You see it been done out at Western Dubuque the past couple of years. That's what it takes to be successful. Before we move on, Chad, you were a part of that 2010 team, a great run that Hempstead had to the state tournament. Anything you'd like to add before we get into our outfielders? Um, not surprised that Red made the team at all. Um, he's just unbelievable athlete, uh, multiple sport athlete at Hempstead. Um, I know me and Red go way back. Uh, we actually played for the independently together with the Padres, uh, played Hempstead together, uh, was good friends throughout uh, high school. Um, we played Key West uh, Ramblers together for 10 years in the semi-pro league and uh, just became really good friends. I was in his wedding. Mm, nice. Um, I mean, just a first off great dude and, and second off uh, just an unbelievable baseball player, probably the best baseball player I've played with. 
um, pitching, hitting, defense, um, just just an awesome guy to, to play baseball with and elevates everyone's game, like you said. Great guy. Also a great co-host, who I would say that he can add that to hit this resume as far as I'm concerned. By the way, you guys are welcome back anytime. This has been a lot of fun. This has been a good time. Three outfielders. Throw some names out. Who are we thinking? Hempstead, 2010, 2019. Who are some outfielders we're thinking are on the list here? Kyle Banky. <laughs> okay, Kyle Banky. We'll see if he made the list here, huh? We'd Anybody you else? If you were listening to this, yeah. Um, I know Gross, Alex Gross. Not sorry, not Alex Gross. Um, Aaron Gross would not have fallen in during this time. No, nope. He didn't. He uh, would not have been eligible because he was not. Now his brother Alex. Yeah, yeah Alex. Alex yeah. Gross. Oh, I That's thought you I'm were talking of... about his younger brother Aaron. No, no. Sorry, okay, I was okay. About okay. Alex. Okay, Alex team. Gross. Yep, 2014. Um, I believe he did hit over 400, but um, left fielder transferred into Hempstead. We'll find out if he made the list. Or any of the, uh, oh, I can't think of the last names right now. Throw out first names. They were they were PJ and uh, Conley. Conley. Okay, yeah, so he's, Conley he's saying uh, PJ Conley. He's saying Riley Conley. We'll see if they made the list. Any other outfielders we're thinking of here? Maybe Johnny Reed. Okay, Johnny Reed. Johnny Reed. Yeah. You guys mentioned this guy earlier before, as when I was taking predictions. He was an outfielder. We have not talked about him in the outfield section, though. Outstanding cornerback. Brad Dewey? Brad Dewey! Brad, Brad Dewey, Dewey made Brad the Dewey. list. This is Coach Rip's, Coach Rapp's list, by the way. Dewey. If uh, Coach Rapp is listening, Brad Dewey hit 366. He had 11 doubles, two home runs, and 29 RBIs. And holy cow, he covered a ton of ground. Um, in the outfield, Brad Dewey used that cornerback speed to track down everything in the outfield. Before we move on to our next two outfielders, any Brad Dewey stories before we move on? Nah, just a great guy to play with. I mean, he just—he's just—he brought some energy, you know, and uh, he could do a little bit of everything. I he know. hit left-handed, right? No, no, he was, he was right-handed. Right-handed. He okay, was right-handed. right-handed. Okay, right-handed. Um, okay, pitched great pitcher. Uh, Obviously, a great outfielder, but he could just really do anything. Great athlete. Obviously, went on to play football at Drake Division One. So, um, just a good dude too. Nice. Yeah, it was, Brad was always fun to play with. Um, once I played through freshman to senior year with him, um, could could kind of do it all. Like Red said, with football, basketball, baseball. Um, he might even ran track one year, but uh, yeah, I mean, just just crazy speed. Um, covered a ton of ground, and it was kind of cool to follow his college career um, when he took the football path and follow Matt Drake because I know he was very successful down there. Nice. Other outfielder you mentioned, not P.J. Conley, but P.J., we would love you to retweet the show if you'd like, but um, you didn't make it. I'm sorry. Your brother beat you out. Uh, Riley Conley, senior year, and I had Riley at Jefferson. Great kid. Really enjoyed teaching him there. Riley hit 374. He had 52 hits. Scored 35 runs and stole 15 bases, and that was out of the uh, leadoff position. And I know the couple games I went to, uh, Hempstead played. Um, Riley was always just a ball of energy, and he just, you could tell, loved the game of baseball. Great arm from the outfield, covered a ton of ground, so quick out of the box. I mean, just hard hit ground balls to shortstop. He was he was making bang-bang plays. Um, I was searching through pitchers to promote this on Twitter, Coach Manaman, 
and um, diving catches all over of, of Riley making those catches. Um, did either of you guys have a chance to play? Did you, when you were at Clark, maybe think about recruiting Riley? I do know he's at Wartburg right now. I'm not sure if he's continuing to play baseball or, or any sports there. But um, actually, I don't know if he's at Wartburg. I know his brother PJ's at Wartburg. I thought he had went to Loris. He went to Loris. Okay, and do we I know, thought, is he playing baseball there? I couldn't tell you. I, he was on our radar, definitely. When I was at Clark, um, he, we knew he was a good player. and um, Obviously, didn't get him, but uh, but yeah, I, I remember seeing him play quite a few times. Yeah. Um, good speed, played hard, um, just flat-out good center fielder. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have a chance to see Riley play at all, Coach? Or? I, I have. I'm sorry, I, not Coach. Uh Crable, go ahead. Movie star Crable. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I, I never played with uh, him, but I played against him. Uh, he plays for the Dubuque Budweiser's, and uh, mm. the the thing that sticks out with Riley is just yeah, just his uh, coverage with defense, playing the outfield, and his speed. Once yeah. he gets on the base pass, um, if he wants to steal, he can. Um, just, yeah, very it, fast. It was a lot of fun watching him and his brother play because they were both out there in the outfield. And holy cow, those guys, nothing was getting down in the outfield with those two guys. They they covered everything. This guy, I was surprised to see on the list. And then when I pulled his stats, I realized he needed to be on the list. I looked at his stats as a junior and he didn't play, didn't have many stats. Pulled his stats as a senior and they were pretty monstrous. Um, who are you thinking? Did the other Fitzgerald play outfield? No. Chad Fitzgerald did play outfield, but did not have stats anywhere near this oh, guy. Okay. I don't know. I don't have any guesses. I'm all out. You you guys are going to be ticked off because you guys know this guy fairly well, and you both know his dad fairly well. But it's uh, Adam Kennedy. Kennedy, yeah. yeah. Adam Kennedy, his senior year hit yeah. 388 with 43 RBIs, which in the high school um, game is is fairly big. And he did hit seven home runs uh, his senior year. I remember watching him hit a home run. I believe it was uh, Coach Rapp's first inner city win. And he hit a walk-off home run against Wallard. I'm not 100% sure who it was off, but it was a game where Hempstead was a lot more talented than Wallert, but Wallert was up and Hempstead just, it really, it looked like they expected to win and they expected to go through the motions. And then finally, like the last two innings, they really turned it on and he ended up hitting a, a walk-off home run against Wallert. But did you guys play with Adam Kennedy or any Adam Kennedy stories here before we? That that uh, that Wallert team that you're talking about before, I mean, they had some great players like J.J. Reimer and, and Jack Hoffman, some of those guys. Um, so they're definitely talented. Uh, with Adam, he uh, he definitely had a breakout senior year. Um, and then he went on to play at Loris with yep. me for four years, so we know each other very well. Uh, but, yeah, good guy. His dad, Dan, uh, obviously owner of the former owner of the sports complex, and he was actually an original Field of Dreams ghost player. Nice, nice. So. And you know what? Actually, if that happened, what year did you guys play at Hempstead? We graduated in 2011. Okay, so yeah, if that was against Jack Huffman and J.J. Reimer, I, I take that back. I hear the, the Wallert Catholic High School teams listens to the Dubuque Area Baseball <laughs> podcast, and they talk about it at their off-season workouts. So very talented Wallert team that, that they were playing. But you know what? 18 years of coaching, four sports, 
stories get mixed up sometimes uh we do get mixed up but yeah very talented waller team now and that was just a fun game to watch great players on on both sides of the field which brings us to our dh timmy has to be timmy it it is it is alex timmerman let me let me read these stats these these stats these stats are crazy he actually shared the 2010 TH Player of the Year mm-hmm. with you, Red. He hit 491, had 55 RBIs, had seven home runs. He was the All-State Super Team and First Team All-Conference, and I'm sure he had tons of awards after that. And I had shared this before that pitching to Al Timmerman's like, you know, fighting the coronavirus, you want to keep six feet away from that because that baseball gets anywhere near as bad. It's going, and it's and it's going a long way. Uh, Red, any stories about Alex? Help, help me out here. I have no idea what he did after Hempstead. I don't know if he went on to play. I don't know if he's still playing. I don't know if he's fathered 12 kids right now. I have, <laughs> I, this guy, I tell you, this guy is off the radar. I don't know what's going on here. Tell us about Alex Timmerman. He's like a myth. You know, the story kind of tells itself. Yeah. It's kind of, but, uh, but no, Al. So crazy. Al and I actually first, I mean, we kind of knew each other in, in independently, but we first met playing golf freshman year at Hempstead. Yeah. Neither one of us played football. Um, so we got to know each other a little bit there. As freshmen, then we played on the sophomore team together. Um, and obviously from there, we played basically through high school together. But uh but no, just just unbelievable. It's 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 kind of funny, you know. We played all these years of high school together, then then we graduate. We have a good year. We graduate. He goes to Kirkwood. I go to Iowa Central. Yeah, rivals for junior college, right? Yeah. And then leaving JUCO, he decides to go to San Ambrose. I go to Clark. Which so we're playing each other again. Then you know, so um, we played four years together in high school, and then we played against each other four years in college. So nice. so but, he went to Kirkwood, and where do you go after Kirkwood? St. Ambrose. St. Ambrose, very cool. So, but uh, great guy. We we still stay in touch. I mean, the, there's a small group of us from that 2010 team that get together every once in a while. And uh, is there is there a certain guy that runs a Dubuque area baseball podcast that could be added to that hangout uh, group? I'm looking uh, for friends. All yeah, of my yeah, all yeah, of my friends yeah. moved away from me, <laughs> well, or they don't want to be on the podcast because yeah. they think I'm going to say something I shouldn't. Well, the leader's Witchery, so we'll run it past Wit. Right, we'll let yeah. you know. Yeah. Right, we'll, we'll think about it, Coach. <laughs> now, Chad Chad Crable here, star of American Pickers. You played with uh, Alex Timmerman. Any any Timmerman stories that just stand out or anything about his game that just stands out? Uh, just a great player. Uh, bad on ball all the time. Very minimal strikeouts. Uh, line drive hitter. Um, like you were saying before, the doubles. I mean, just gap to gap. Um, just an incredibly hard to get out. I know with, I know with Timmy, if he struck out, uh, and he came back to the dugout. Watch, watch out for flying helmets or flying bats, because he, <laughs> he he usually wasn't too happy just because uh, he did, well he didn't strike out very yeah, often. But uh, didn't have very often. Yeah, no. Timmerman's a great guy, and we still uh, keep in contact. Nice, very cool. So that brings us on to the pitchers. Sent it out to Coach Rap. I was looking for three pitchers. He uh, he sent me Ryan Doty, and I looked at Ryan Doty, and Ryan Doty does not fall in the 2010 to through 2019 section. But who are some pitchers when you think of Hempstead in the past 2010 to 2019 that you feel needs to be on the list? Connor Crable should be on the list. I know okay. last 
wasn't that last year? No, two years ago. Two years okay. ago, he had a he had a good season. I mean, he he was approaching the RA record. So okay, um, it was a good year. Um, my number one pick would be Red again with okay. his. Uh, I think his senior year, he only had a what point four one ERA or something. If if Red makes it as a pitcher, and if Red makes it as a shortstop, that would be the first in the history of the Dubuque area baseball podcast all decade team. We have one player take two spots. <laughs> Any other pitchers we're throwing out here before I unveil the list here? Boston and Milius, they had good years that year. Tompkins right. was a good pitcher as well. Okay, yeah, Chris um, Tompkins. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. those are those would be three guys I'd throw in that. A lot, of, lot of good names here. So we have Dan Milius. His uh, um, junior year, he was 4-4. Four and four. He did have a low ERA. His senior year, he was 7-2 and two with another low ERA, and he did have three saves that senior year when we got to the tournament. Um, he was always that stopgap guy when we came in that would just would would close the game out for us or would get us would get us to our next pitcher and he just he played a huge role in that 2014 year as a senior um, as a pitcher and also as as a strong bat from that lineup but he's making the uh, all decade team as a pitcher. Other guy you mentioned was Chris Tompkins. Chris Tompkins was a three year starter. Uh, solid shortstop as well, but read his stats were nowhere near yours. But he was a three-year starter. He was the two, I'm sorry, 2014 TH Player of the Year. He also played in the All-Star Super Series. And his sophomore year, he was six and one. His junior year, he had a very low ERA of 2.52, but his record was only one and three. And then his senior year, he was eight and zero with a below two five ERA as well. So Chris Tompkins, uh, who's now a sophomore coach at senior high school, uh, doing great things, he made the uh, all decade team. And the crazy, crazy thing about Chris, I had him as an eighth grader, and when I had him pitch eighth grade year, he actually did not even know how to throw a curveball. He threw a fastball and he threw a knuckleball. And you would have never guessed that watching him his his senior year and even his since he well sophomore and up, I mean, he had just a huge hammer. I mean, he'd start it behind your head and that thing would break to the outside corner. Uh, fantastic, fantastic pitcher. He actually went on to play at Wartburg and had a string there of, I believe, scoreless inning streak, where I believe he went maybe 14 or 15 innings straight. I believe it was maybe scoreless innings or hit or hitless innings, but um, he went on to have a great career at Wartburg. He played with uh, David Fitzgerald, who we mentioned before. Other pitcher here, we mentioned him before, is also Connor Crabill who came in with an ERA senior year of 1.16 and his senior year had a record of 7 and 2 and actually want to give a shout out to Connor as well. I just saw he recently got his first collegiate win for Clark University as a starter. So congratulations to Connor on that. And uh, your dad Dave is definitely a Hall of Famer of the show. And we have one pitcher remaining before we get to before we get to the honorable Manaman list here, which I kind of came up with. But um, 
Any idea who that other pitcher is? I don't. I think I'm out of guesses. All right. First time in Dubuque area baseball podcast history. It's funny. He's sitting to my right here. He has the reddest face in the world. And uh, he's, he's, I don't know why he's so embarrassed, but listen, listen to these stats here. Red, I don't know why you didn't take these stats on to Division I baseball. I don't know why you didn't take these stats on to professional baseball. Um, but your senior year, you were 10-0, and 0, and you had an ERA of 0.41. 93 strikeouts in 68 innings, and you had... Your opponents had a batting average of 107 against you, so they weren't even hitting a buck 50 over you. So Andrew Redman was the um, last pitcher that made the Hempstead uh, all-decade team. And it's interesting. I remember talking to Coach Rapp a long time ago. And at, Were you being looked at by the Chicago White Sox at one point? Were they coming up to scout you or, or watch you or anything like that? I had just had a like an I think you called it like an like an area code tryout with them. Um, I don't know if I was actually being recruited by them, but um, yeah, I had I had had like a tryout, just an invite tryout to do yeah. with them. Yeah. If if I remember correctly, I believe that from what Coach Rapp was telling me, if I remember correctly, they were thinking about maybe converting you to a catcher. And um, am having a catch, and maybe he never shared that with you, or maybe I'm I'm completely wrong. But uh, you went on to play uh, community college ball where at Iowa Central, at Iowa Central, yeah. and then you went on and set records at Clark, mm-hmm. made a name for yourself at Clark University, not only as a coach but also as a player. And were you conference player of the year one year? Yeah, my senior year. Senior yeah. year, yeah. and and was that for hitting or was that for pitching? I believe you did a little bit of both, right? Yeah, um, I believe that was for I believe that was for hitting um, as a senior at Clark. Um, I think they gave away a player of the year and a pitcher of the year, um, and I think the pitcher of the year was somebody at St. Ambrose. So. Very cool. Congratulations on that, and yeah. thank you for uh, joining us. It's always great to have somebody on the team sit in on chat. I'm sorry. You're just too Hollywood. Sorry. Yeah. This, guy yeah. over, this guy over here is too Hollywood. I took my talents to TV. I was going to have him start the podcast doing that stretching routine he did when he came out of the corn for American Pickers there. But this brings me to uh, the honorable mention, which I'm going to call the honorable manaman. And these were guys that, had, that have had great years, but um, just – didn't didn't crack that team, but I thought that they should be mentioned. Uh, he was mentioned to you guys before left-handed pitcher uh, Jeremy Vossen for that 2014 team. And, you know, Jeremy, uh, left-handed pitcher, and Jeremy was a backwards pitcher. He was curveball first, and he pro- when he threw, he was probably 75% curveball. I, I would see him on many occasions fall behind batters 3-0 and and strike them out looking on three straight curveballs but he also um made the list here the honorable manaman uh cody leach made it as a first baseman mitch crimmins made it as a second baseman andrew henry who had a monster year last year for hempstead also made the honorable manaman and also as mentioned before alex gross 
made the honorable Manaman list here as well for the Hempstead All-Decade team. Any stories or read any recruiting stories with you about these guys or when you recruited them or watch or when you watch them play? Uh, Chad, I know you've seen many of these guys play or you may have played against them in Loris. Anything? Uh, I think Cody may have even been a teammate of yours at one point, but um, any stories to add before we cut this fun off and we go to our segment called Around the Horn? Uh, yeah, I remember seeing all these guys play. Um, yeah, like you said, we played with Cody for, I played with him for a year. Um, yeah, great player, could hit, you know, he just, he just had a knack for hitting, just barreled a lot of baseballs up. So it was fun to play with him that one year. Um, but the other guys I remember watching play, I went down to the state tournament actually the year that, uh, Boston and Crimmins, um, played and that was, uh, that was really fun to go see those guys play. So, yeah. um, but yeah, Andrew Henry, great hitter. Connor, or um, who was Ella? Sorry, Alex Gross. Alex Gross. Yeah, he was a spark plug for that team, you know, and yeah. he uh, he brought the energy, which it's important, you know, bringing energy. Yeah, transferred in as a senior, hit in that seven hole, and he was really a guy that could turn over the lineup to the big mm-hmm. boys, the big boys at the top there. Chad, anything to add before we uh, sign off on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast Hempstead All Decade Team 2010 to 2019? Um, I got to play with Cody two years, um, 2010, 2011, and like Red said, uh, great hitter, just uh, made contact. Um, I think junior year he DH, and then senior year he played uh, first base. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was fun doing it, fun going through all the guys and uh, reminiscing on the last decade. Nice. So what I want you to do here, if, if you disagree with us, I want you to go on the Anchor app, Follow Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast or find us on Facebook. I promote the link quite a bit, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, Coach Manaman. I post the link quite a bit on Twitter. Leave a voice message. Click on the link. There's a box that has a circle with a star that says message. Click on that. Send us a minute voicemail. Who do you think got snubbed from the Hempstead list? Call in. Let us know. We'll put you on our next episode. Next segment is Around the Horn. Hey! Is this heaven? No. It's the Around the Horn section of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Five random questions that the guests were not prepped for. Our next segment here is we're going to go to Around the Horn. So after every strikeout, catcher throws it to third. Third baseman goes to short, short to second, second to third, and then we get it back to the pitcher. So whenever we have a guest on, we always want to get to know them a little bit. And we have Around the Horn, which is five random quick-fire baseball questions. Our contestants have not been told the questions beforehand. It is off the top of the head. We have Mr. Hollywood, star of American Pickers, ghost picker Chad Grable to my left. We got Red over here to my right. First question, best memory as a player? In high school or overall? Overall. I I think for me, probably goes back to high school and just going to the state tournament in 2010 and just being a part of that team and the uh, just a great group of guys, awesome coaches with uh, Coach Witchery and Rap. Um, I mean, we just had an absolute blast that year. I think we were thirty three and four, and uh, I mean, we 
you, you almost hate to say it, but we went out on the field 95% of the time knowing we were going to win. And uh, just we were so confident in our pitchers and our, our offense. And uh, yeah, that was just great baseball memory. Red? Yeah, it's, you know, I would, I would definitely have to say that's, that's one of mine as well. I mean, the 2010 team was just a lot of fun. Uh, we competed hard. Everybody was there to, to, to win for each other. Um, you know, through college, I had some, some really good teammates, some good teams, great times. Obviously, you know, as a coach, things are different as well. So baseball memories as a coach, you can kind of separate from the memories as a player, right? Because coaching is very rewarding. Uh, you get to see people grow as players, as people. But uh, but from a playing perspective, I would definitely say high school. I mean, that was just a, a great time. It Same was, season? Yeah, 2010 season. It was phenomenal, yeah. The thing that I noticed about 2010 and the thing I noticed about 2014, and then I think of my playing days when we went to the state tournament, 1999 coach Dick Kors last year is we were friends on the field but we were also friends off the field a game would end all 20 of us would go out to eat at the same place all 20 of us would go to somebody's house afterward and nobody was excluded from it um, we would have a rain delay or a game would be canceled. All 20 of us would hang out at somebody's house and we were always together. And there was no animosity between the starter and the backup. Everybody got along. And I think that year I had 24 at bats. Probably my most memorable season as, as a player was that junior year. And then my senior year, we were supposed to be good. It fell flat. People had egos. People thought they should be playing ahead of other people. And it just, it just did not go very well. We were ranked number two in the state at the start of the season and fell flat and got knocked out first round to the team that eventually went on to win it. Second question, most overplayed song on a warm-up tape? The playlist that I think they still have it there. Um, that uh, Witchery and uh, oh Bob, Bob and, and, and Crow, <laughs> they played. Well, it's it's not even one song; it's the whole playlist. It's it, the same playlist. It's sixties music. Sixties yeah. yeah. uh, music with a bunch of like seventeen, eighteen year olds out there yeah. playing. It really didn't get you fired up. Yeah. But uh, some Tom, Tom Petty in there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of everything. Beatles, Beatles, Yellow Submarine was yeah. on the list. I remember that. Yeah, that's, you know, it's hard to pinpoint a song, but uh, that playlist, it was uh, every home game. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, another song that comes to mind is Put Me in Coach. I'm oh, really good. Okay. That, that yeah. song's every baseball stadium you go to. But yeah. Sorry, we, we lead into the podcast <laughs> with that song. I'm sorry about that. You know, two that come to mind for me is when Darius Rucker's Wagon Wheel hit it big. That was on every team's playlist when you were warming up, and some teams even had it on there multiple times. Love that song when it first came out. By the end of that baseball season, I don't think I've heard that song since. Another one was Big and Rich, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. <laughs> that was another song that was on every single playlist. I never got it, and I never knew what Broadway Street was until I went there a couple of years ago. Awesome place. Got to get to Broadway in Nashville. Uh, we got a catcher. We got a pitcher. What do you think is the best out pitch in baseball? Uh, I think, so it kind of changed for me. I think in high school it was a curveball where that's, 
that's the toughest pitch to hit. Um, at least that's definitely the pitch that I struggled with the most hitting. Um, is I think I got to play college at Loris in in semi pro. I think the changeup mm-hmm. is a, just a great out pitch. If something has a good changeup where they don't have to throw ninety miles an hour to have a good changeup. If you're throwing seventy five eighty, but your changeup is ten miles per hour less, um, huge difference and gets guys out on their front foot. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with the changeup. Best out pitch. Red. Yeah, I uh, I would I would agree with that. I I think a a good hard late slider, especially righty righty, you know righty versus righty and lefty versus lefty is extremely difficult. I guess the most rewarding pitch for me was always if I could spot up a fastball black outside mm-hmm. corner at the knees that they would just stare. That rewarding wise, I think that was like the bet. And I I'm sure there's a lot of people that would agree that there were pitchers that you just spot one. You walk yeah. off the mound and you got him. I remember. It, it, oh, I'm with, sorry. Go ahead. No, with catching red, uh, I would never have to move my glove either. So <laughs> yeah, I'd set right, up on the black right. and the, the ball was on the black. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. had to wear a protective mitt under my catching hand because also my hand would get bruised. Nice. The one thing I remember talking to Coach Rap about you, Red, is he said bullpen before a game, he showed you how to throw a cutter. And he said, try this grip, release it like this. Let's see if you can throw a cutter. And he said... First time you threw it, it had a ton of action to it, a lot of um, down and in action. And he said you were throwing that in the game, and it was like a pitch that you've been throwing your whole life. Do you, do you remember that story at all, or is uh, this me thinking of things again? No, here? no, a little, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, if it's just one of those things where as a pitcher, if you just have a good feel for the ball, and then you, you, know, you have a good coach that can kind of make it easy. Uh, for you to to figure out how to throw it you know it's as a coach you you really learn to um i don't know you you learn to have respect for the coaches that made it easy for you you know they put it in simple terms and so a rapper was definitely one of those guys that could do that so yeah Yeah. i i agree with mr hollywood over here star of american pickers yeah i think with red when i was catching him in high school i needed like you know, to take off my glove hand to put down signs. He had so many pitches. Oh, it was like two seam, four seam, <laughs> yeah. curveball, slider, cutter, change up. Like, not oh, know, maybe wow. I had a slurve and a screwball, but uh, that's that's awesome. I, I love just sitting here reminiscing with the guys, and and I'm looking forward to doing this with for senior and Western Dubuque as well. But Chad, I I agree with you. Uh, same arm slot, same arm speed as as a fastball. I agree that the changeup, in my mind, mm-hmm. is the best out pitch in baseball. If you can keep your arm slot the same and and bury a changeup in the dirt and have everything look very similar to your fastball, I, I think that's a tough pitch. Both of you guys, favorite player of all time? Oh, goodness. This is not a tough one. It's, it's, it is. Uh I think growing up, I got to go with Sammy Sosa. Okay, um, yeah. he was he was like my hero growing up. Just having him, obviously in the steroid era, hitting all the bombs. But uh, I'm still a huge Cubs fan. But uh, watching Sammy Sosa play, I'll, I'll never forget. Have you seen a picture of Sammy Sosa now? I have. He he looks a little bit different. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yeah. a little bit lighter skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a corpse. Yeah. I mean, holy cow, he looks he looks dead. He looks like he's been pumped full of formaldehyde. He looks holy cow. He, lo- he looks like Michael Jackson on his best day. I mean, that's how awful awful he looks. All right, Red, I'm trying to buy time yeah. for you here. No, Favorite baseball player of all I, time. Re- real quick, I think that's an idea for another podcast is the steroid era and if those guys should be in the Hall of Fame or not. You know, 
I've had people ask me if I should branch out and do other things. And I've had people ask me if I want to do a fantasy baseball podcast. I think so many people are passionate about Dubuque baseball that we do have a small niche. But, um, I mean, I do have over uh, a thousand plays on the episodes. I'm ranging between three to six hundred plays per episode, which is fantastic. I mean, definitely I would do it, but I don't know if I'm talking about people outside of the area, if people would listen in. But yeah, definitely something something to think about. But yeah, that, that'd, be, that'd be a lot of fun because that was the era that, that I definitely grew up with. And I'm a fan of the Oakland A's, the Bash Brothers, Canseco, McGuire. But yeah, uh, would you be interested in, in coming on uh, doing that? Yeah, I'm in. All right. Yeah, count right in too. I just volunteered. Right. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, you can cover the pitcher aspect of it. There huh? we go. All right, favorite pitcher. Stop wasting time, Red. Yeah, favorite favorite players, I would say, for a pitcher would be, I loved watching Mark Pryor. I mean, he wasn't okay. in the league forever, but yeah. um, I loved watching him pitch. And then Derek Jeter as a player. Okay. Just played hard. I mean, and he just... You know, he he was baseball for a lot of years, and I loved uh, loved how hard he worked and how he approached the game. I uh, I like Derek Jeter. I always would show his fielding stance, and I would always show David Wright's fielding stance whenever I would teach the correct way to to field a ground ball. Those guys were phenomenal. Have a hard time talking about Derek Jeter because he made a play in the playoffs. Uh, not not. Um, getting Jeremy Giambi out because he was uh, too lazy to slide. But um, that's a whole difference. Sorry, I have a hard time talking about talking about Derek Cheater. Last one. We always talk about movies. Sometimes we, we rephrase it a little differently so it's not the same question. But favorite baseball movie of all time? Feel the Dreams. Feel the Dreams. Has to be Feel the Dreams. I'm a ghost player. Feel the Dreams. Yeah. I, you know, I, ha- I have so many. I, I love Moneyball, being an A's fan. So do I. Um, grew up on Major League. I could still quote it. Um, this is the debut here your podcast. Yeah. yeah. Def- you definitely got to throw Field of Dreams on there. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has a preference. Yeah. yeah. Another couple that stick stick out is Sandlot and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Those, those are classics too. Yeah. And, and those those take you to a time when you were growing up when baseball was – I don't want to say baseball stopped being fun, but – when you showed up 15 minutes before your game, you played catch, you took everybody took a ground ball in the yeah. same line, and you got yelled at for doing soft toss in, in the backstop, and just takes you back to a great time. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music in the background, the podcast is coming to an end, just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. With closing time today, every guest that comes on gets a minute or so to uh, share a story, share a rant, give a tip, talk about anything baseball-wise. We're going to go to Mr. Hollywood, Chad Crable, ghost player, star of American Pickers, and we're going to have a catch with Chad. All right, listeners, welcome to A Catch with Chad. First off, thank you, Coach, for uh, having us on the podcast. It's been a ton of fun. 
It's been a ton of fun. Yeah, of doing this. Hopefully I can make another celebrity appearance. I might have to charge you a little bit more this time. But uh, <laughs> no, so what I just want to talk about is uh, Field of Dreams and how I got involved with it and just a story uh, out there. Um, I've been doing it. I've uh, been a ghost player for five years. Um, and um, throughout all my baseball, uh, playing independent league, high school, um, Loris, uh, playing for Key West for 10 years, the most rewarding baseball activity I've done is is playing out at the Field of Dreams with the Ghost Player team. And how I got involved with it was playing on the Dubuque County Legion team uh, my senior year. And the coaches, uh, Marv Myers and Hank Lucas, who were original Ghost players, and Hank was actually in the movie, um, asked me to be uh, on the team just, just to have some younger guys on it. And, you know, I really didn't know about know about uh, what they did much but it was like you know sure baseball related I love baseball let's do it and uh, like I said just crazy rewarding all the guys out there um, that are ghost players just great guys uh, awesome guys to be around the knowledge of the game a lot of them are are former uh, coaches a lot of them played semi-pro um, one of my favorite activities that I've done that I did with them was going on a 10 day trip to Puerto Rico in the U S Virgin islands, where we partnered with the Roberto Clemente foundation and put on uh, baseball camps for underprivileged uh, youth down there and, and brought supplies down to them. Uh, Paul Sherman and Frank Dardis, uh, two, uh, greats in the, uh, Dubuque County area for baseball, uh, helped put that on. And, um, a question I get all the time is, do I have tickets to this game? August 13th, 2020? no, I do not. <clears throat> Coach, no, I can't get you tickets. Uh, I, I, I don't have a ticket. Uh, hopefully I do. Uh, I've got asked this a ton of times. Um, I hope the Ghost players are going to be out there. Uh, Commissioner Manford, if you're listening, give uh, the Ghost players a ticket. Um, Coach, like- Coach Manford, if you're listening, we'd love a retweet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sounds like MLB should be announcing soon what they're going to do for the tickets. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how all this works out. I know all of us out there are just crazy excited for the game. Um, if you want to know more about the events that week, go to Beyond the Game uh, website. And uh, personal invite, Coach Manaman. Uh, the Ghost players have two Ghost Sundays. Um, out at the Field of Dreams this year. They're both at 1 o'clock. Uh, and for all the listeners out there, July 19th and August 2nd, where we're going to be coming out of the corn. So if you're available those Sundays, come on out. And uh, I'll leave you guys with a quote from Moonlight Graham. Uh, Moonlight Graham said, We just don't recognize life's most significant moments while they're happening. Back then I thought, well, there'll be other days. I did not realize that that was the only day. So for all the uh, young players out there, don't take playing baseball for granted. Uh, play hard, be a good person, be a great teammate. And, um, you know, baseball is just an outstanding game. and it's. Uh... Chad, that was a phenomenal coach from Moonlight Graham from an outstanding movie, Field of Dreams. And holy cow, uh, they do so many great things. That was outstanding to hear about them providing and going on service trips, providing things for uh, underprivileged kids. That was fantastic. Anything to add before we turn it over to our other guests and we get ready with Red? No, once again, I appreciate you having me on, and thank you guys for joining me with the Catch with Chad. It's been a lot of fun having you. Thanks for uh, joining the show. We have 2010 TH Player of the Year, 
Hempstead All-Decade team at shortstop and at pitcher. The first time in Dubuque area baseball podcast history we had a player make a team at two positions. And we're going to get ready with Red. Thanks, Nick. And listeners, I want to thank you guys for listening in. Um, guess my subject today and, and what I'm going to talk about is just about Dubuque um, and how great of a baseball town it is. You know, I, I want to thank Dubuque for everything that uh, it, it's given me as a player, um, as a coach, um, both as a player in high school and semi-pro. Uh, like Chad talked about before, we, we, we played semi-pro together for got the better part of 10 years, right? So, you know, I want to thank Dubuque and, and everybody listening for just for everything you give to the baseball community. Um, I guess the, the one thing I want to, I really want to touch on is we love baseball in Dubuque, but as of right now, we are so far behind in terms of facilities, in terms of, you know, where we're at financially supporting the baseball community. Um, I know it's been brought up multiple times for the school district to really make a push towards updating the facilities and, you know, making sure that these baseball athletes that, that spend a lot of time and um, give their heart to the game can play on, on, on nice playing services, right? That they can play under the lights. Because right now, you know, Waller's the only place, down at Petraca is the only place that we can play under the lights. I, I want to say Dubuque's one of the only places that the school district doesn't have a field with lights, Um and uh, you just see all these new facilities, whether it's, um, you know, a new field surface or a, a, a turf field popping up. I mean, Des Moines got multiple. I know Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, they're starting to, to pop up with new ones. And I guess, you know, the message I want to share is, you know, hopefully to the people that are listening that can make a difference is let's let's update facilities. Let's let's make baseball important. You know, we talk about how important it is in, Bay, in Dubuque County, but um in terms of financially putting things towards it, you know, I, it, it's just not there yet, you know? And so I guess, you know, to the people that are listening, to the people that can make a difference, let's really make a push in the next few years to, to get things going, to get, whether it be a turf field or, you know, resurfacing fields or supporting it with adding, being able to add more coaches, you know, financially. I think that's important because um, baseball is just part of what Dubuque County is. And, um, it's important to me as well, and I know it's you guys. Thanks, Red, for sharing that. It was awesome to get ready with you. And you are right. Dubuque does need to have have better facilities. And Dubuque is a baseball community. It's a baseball town. I see a lot going on with wrestling, and I wonder if we don't update our facilities, is baseball going to take a back seat? To wrestling, I know when I coached at Hempstead, there were four 4A schools that did not have lights. Waterloo East was one of them. Hempstead was another one. And Senior was the other one. So two of the four schools, 4A schools that do not have lights come from Dubuque. Now, we're going to end it here with a minute with Manaman. Before we get going, I'd like to thank our guest, Chad Crable, who actually I've been told has been on two TV shows, American Pickers, and what's the other one? The Murder Tapes on Investigative Discovery Channel. I'll have to check that out, and I'd like to also thank uh, Andrew Redman himself for joining us here. I've ranted, I've raved, I've bragged, I've put parents in their place. My, my wife is a fan of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast because she is convinced 
that after this podcast is over, if I decide to get back into coaching again, not a single person will hire me. But I do know a lot about the game. I want to talk about approach. In 18 years of coaching, I always had a player or players that would always tell me they always take the first pitch. They always watch the first pitch. And hitters, I want you to get that mentality out of your approach. Sometimes the first pitch is the only good pitch you get to hit. I'm going to break down the statistics here to show you what happens to your batting average every single time the count changes. If you have the mentality that you always take the first pitch, Take the first pitch from the on-deck circle. Don't step into the batter's box and always take that first pitch. If it's a first pitch strike, you're at a major disadvantage. You should be watching that pitcher from the on-deck circle and from the bench, picking up tendencies on what he, or in some cases, she, might be throwing. There are tendencies in account. So your batting average in a OO count is 345. You take that first pitch strike and it drops down to 01, it drops to 324. If the count goes to 0 and 2, it drops to 157. Do not take that first pitch. Take that first pitch from the on deck circle. If the count goes to 10, your batting average goes up to 344. If it drops to 2-0, your batting average goes up to 350. And if your coach allows you to swing at 3-0, your batting average goes up to 407. If the count is 1-1, your batting average is 332. 2-1, it's 344. 2-2, it drops down to 183. 1-2, your batting average is 166. If it's three and one, your batting average is 363. And if it's a full count, your batting average drops to 211. When you look at when you have two strikes on you, your batting average is 183, two and two, 211 at a full count, or 157 at 0 and two. Do not take that first pitch. Sometimes the first pitch is the only pitch in that at bat that you're going to get a chance to tee off on. It will be the only good pitch you might get. Younger players, I was surprised coaching high school how many guys did not know this. Hitters counts 0 3-1, 2-0. If you get that count, look for one pitch in one spot. Zone up for a fastball in your spot and swing as hard as you can. You are looking to drive the ball in those counts. Never check swing on 0-0. Never check swing on 2-0. Never check swing on 3-1. You should be swinging so hard that if you swing and miss, your helmet falls off and you screw yourself into the ground. Do not take that first pitch. And just like that, Six, four, three, we're out of here.
postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.